Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, Dr. Richard Ruling has been a friend of our ministry, a frequent guest on this program for the last few years, and I invited him back today to share something that the Holy Spirit has just been working on my heart about. You know, about a month or so ago, Dr. Ruling was on as we were discussing his book, Megaquake 2023, but something he shared in that interview, I, I, I guess the best way to describe it that a seed was planted and it began to take root and grow. And I started doing some readings on it and, and, and listening to his information again and reading the book that he's putting out called The Greatest Story Never Told, Bad Translation and Papal Teaching. And, and the Holy Spirit began to show me some things. Now, as I said, he's also preparing to publish this book, Greatest Story Never Told, uh, Bad Translation, Papal Teaching, in addition to the book he just published called Mega Quake 2023. But this book contains a lot of the things we'll be discussing today. Uh, I asked Dr. Ruling to come back on the program today to discuss this topic, which is about the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity. But what he's discovered in Scripture really in my opinion, just blows the traditional interpretations out of the water. I mean, this is eye-opening, and it'll open so much of the Bible and give you a, a clear, accurate understanding of some things that, well, we've just gotten wrong over the years. Help me welcome back to the program, Dr. Richard Ruling. Dr. Ruling, it is a blessing to have you come back on the show with us today to discuss this important revelation and, and an understanding of the Holy Spirit. I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Oh, it's my privilege, uh, Pastor Bob, uh, and it's more blessed to give than receive, and you give me that opportunity to give, so I am more blessed, uh, really. Amen. And uh, I, I just want the audience to know that you and I prayed before we started this, yeah. because we need your Holy Spirit, and we need, uh, you know, it says where two or three are gathered and we agree Amen. on anything, it will be done. We, we want to yeah. see your truth and light, and thank you for the listeners. Please help them as they uh, seek to share this Amen. also, because I believe it's truth for this time. We Thank you, and uh, go for it. <laughs> well, let, let's start in the beginning. That's always a good place to begin, in the beginning, right? All right. In Genesis chapter 1, in verses 26, 27, it says, God made man in his image, in his likeness. He made them male and female. Then in Genesis chapter 5, and verses 1 and 2, we see again how God made them male and female. Now, I'm just going to you know turn you loose for a minute. You take it from there. Okay. Um, as a preface to this, Romans one twenty, Paul, greatest theologian of the New Testament, mm -hmm. said, whatever may be known about God may be understood from the things that are made, even his Godhead. Yeah. And if we can understand that, uh, that the Scripture says, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Mm -hmm. And so in the day that God made man, uh, in his likeness and image, he made them male and female. Five times it says we're made in their image and likeness. Twice it says male and female. 
okay? I, I'm discovering that seven, five plus two is seven, Amen. is a mark of end-time yeah. truth. Like Revelation, it has seven churches, seven seals, seven mm-hmm. thunders, seven trumpets, and so on. So uh, I believe that this is part of a, a covenant that we may need to use or, or include to make with Christ. Uh, Israel became God's uh, kingdom when they made a covenant of Sinai. And uh, uh, so many people think the, the wedding is at the end of time, we're snatched to heaven. But God, uh, when they made the covenant, he later said, return, I'm married to you. He regarded the covenant as a marriage. Mm-hmm. So the wedding parables are become alive with the fact that we will need to make a covenant, perhaps. And this is a topic that uh, should be included to, mm-hmm. so we understand God. God got an ignorant bride at Sinai. They worshiped a calf 40 days <laughs> yeah, later. Amen. You know? And, mm-hmm. and uh, this must not happen to Christ. And so uh, this is a provision in a way that, uh, that, that he gets a wise bride. Uh, and we can talk about this another time, mm-hmm. really. But anyway, the, uh, the, the five times in their likeness and image, uh, and male and female, if, if, if we're male and female in their image and likeness, they are male and female. You know, it's yeah. a very, that's very hard to escape that. It's so clear, <laughs> you know, yeah. in my opinion. But anyway, uh, that, that's what I'm seeing in that. And, and, and Christ said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so, so I think there's there's more to this than we're understanding. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm gonna that's one nugget. I'm gonna put this other nugget out because, folks, we're gonna weave all these together here at the end. But but you talked before in our previous episode about Jerusalem as the mother of us all, and you previously shared that cities are named after people. So who is Jerusalem named after? I believe she's she just like Christ referred to his heavenly father. Um, he has a heavenly mother, and and she, um, you know, first of all, let me say this: that pro, the one, the Israel's wisest king Solomon said in the Proverbs twenty five verse two, "It is the glory of God to conceal a thing; it is the honor of kings to search out a matter." And this is something that's been pretty well concealed, in, in my opinion, yeah. because we, we've come to the end of time when, in reality, I, I think uh, we need to understand who God is, what he's like. And uh, it, it's been concealed, but uh, Heavenly Father implies a Heavenly Mother. If, if the best-known verse in the Bible is that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son— Everywhere else in Scripture, so-and-so begot so-and-so, so-and-so begot so-and-so, we understand that. But when God begot his son, we don't understand that somehow. We think, well, is that some queer arrangement? Well, it's not queer at all. It's real. I believe that it's, it's father, mother, and he's the son. And we're going to see in this little discussion that I believe that uh, she also had a daughter. Okay, and we'll, we'll look at the Bible evidence for this. So uh, anyway, that's it. I think uh, father, mother, son, and daughter, and, and in Ephesians 3.15, it refers to the whole family in heaven. Mm. Amen. A uh, whole Amen. family. A family is consists of father, mothers, and, and offspring. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe there are two offspring that we've overlooked. Uh, I mean, well, Christ is, is yeah, you know, yeah. et cetera, and, and now we're going to uh, consider his his sister, but go ahead. Because yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is the part, yeah, this is the part I wanted to get to because this is the part that really opened my eyes, and it's from the book of Proverbs, specifically chapter eight, and it's referring to wisdom, and wisdom is called she, and that's feminine. Hey, explain that for us because it also refers to Christ in that passage, correct? I believe that it does, uh, and but uh, in, in this particular early part of Proverbs eight. It is talking about she, and and it, it 
includes it. Um, well, I'll just read one verse. She stands at the top of the high places, and by the, uh, she cries at the gates, uh, and she says, uh, I call you uh, to understand the wisdom and so on. But um, in verse 23, uh, actually verse 22, it says, The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, mm-hmm. or, or, or ever the earth was, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the hills I was brought forth. The word for brought forth in Hebrew can include the, the meaning of childbirth, yeah. you know. And so, you know, wow, that's, that's huge that, that she is talking that way. And, uh, and in verse 30, she says, I was by him as one brought up with him. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. I think she's referring to her brother. And in Song of Solomon, it, they refer back and forth to my sister, my brother, mm-hmm. and so on. Yeah. So uh, I just think, wow, uh, I think Song of Solomon has uh, understandably been one of the least understood books. Oh, yeah. Okay? That, most people uh, say the Song of Solomon is very confusing, but when we look at it with what you, you've been sharing with us, it starts to make complete sense. So just go ahead and take us through the Song of Solomon, explain that book for us in light of what we just learned. Well, and I want to say that, you know, Solomon wrote a, a thousand and five songs, mm-hmm. but this one of all of those was, you know, if, if holy men of God were uh, spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, I think the Holy Spirit, <laughs> she was wanting this included in the Bible Amen. and showing her love for Christ and his love for her. And otherwise, we might be clueless yeah. without, without this one, out of a thousand, one chance in a thousand that we get this song, okay? <laughs> but... Uh, I, I believe uh, she is speaking to him in the first chapter. I got to turn to it, and I, I don't want to be making this up by the wing. Uh, but uh, in the first chapter, she says in verse seven, "Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth." And let me let me back up and say this: that Solomon was Israel's wisest king, mm-hmm. but really, I think he is representing. Israel's true wisest king, the Messiah, Christ. Yeah, okay? amen. And so, so this is about them, and uh, he says, uh, t- uh, she says, Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where you feed and where you make your flocks uh, to rest at noon. For why should I be turned aside by the flocks of your companions? Well, you remember the last night uh, in, uh, when Christ was about to, to go, and he said, uh, I'm, I'm going to heaven, uh, you know, and they were startled and wondered, and, and uh, he said, uh, she spoke, and this is John 14, verse 18, I will not leave you, and then the bad translation is comfortless, mm-hmm. because the real Greek word is orphanos. I will not leave you orphans. Why would the translators translate orphanos in Greek to comfortless? I mean, yeah. a total mislead. They're, they're hiding uh, a truth. I believe they're Catholic in origin, uh, you know, infiltrating the translation process, and that they don't let the, uh, the truth of what that is, uh, that Christ, uh, our, our spiritual, the one that planted his seed in us, uh, was leaving, but she would nurture the seed as a mother and in... Pro- and, uh, Romans eight twenty six. it says, The Spirit maketh intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. Christ intercedes in heaven before the, the Father for us and pleads for mercy for us and so on, but she's in our hearts. Uh, uh, she would not leave us orphans, etc. So that's typified by this first uh, chapter, Song of Solomon 1, Why should I be turned aside by the flocks of your companions? And uh, 
uh, in the next chapter, she's uh, Christ is speaking, I'm the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley. Well, there's songs about that, you know, so we understand that. And uh, she uh, is a charge to the daughters of Jerusalem, daughters, plural, uh, t- uh, to not wake him up before the time, and uh, he comes leaping upon the mountains, uh, skipping on the hills. Well, that, that wasn't Solomon, that, was, <laughs> that could be Christ. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there's enough here, I think, uh, the real uh, special part of Song of Solomon, and it's, it's where it's the clearest, it's a lot of history. Uh, uh, it says in Song of Solomon 5, verse 2, he's knocking at the door, and he says, Open to me, my sister, mm-hmm. my love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is uh, wet with dew, and so on. Mm-hmm. But the point is, that's a lot of history. My sister, that's how they originated, uh, brother and sister, and then became love. As they, as they, uh, she said she rejoiced always before him, and so on. They were just playmates together, growing up in a sense, maybe you know. And then my dove. Well, as a dove, she descended on him at his baptism. Amen. You know. Mm-hmm. And gave him uh, wisdom to to respond to those cunning, yeah. crafty uh, uh, Jewish leaders that uh, didn't want to believe, you know, and uh, so they could never trap him. And and his yielding to her voice, uh, you know, I mean, it says in Hebrews two verse sixteen, I think it is, that Christ took not on him the seed of uh, on the nature of angels, but the seed of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And I, I, he could have been tempted with Mary Magdalene. She, I'm sure, was a beautiful person, you know. Mm-hmm. But and she loved him. Be, for, for, but it wasn't because he was lusting after her like every other man was. Mm-hmm. But he could have had wrong thoughts. But the the dove gave him thoughts, and he yielded to her throughout his life. Or if he had not yielded to her, you know, sometimes we get the Holy Spirit and we yield. Sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if he had even in one instance not yielded, but s- sinned. He would have died on that cross, I yeah, think, and yeah, it would have been absolutely. at the end for them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's it, it, no coming back after after that. Uh, and, and so they, I think, took a horrible risk, horrible. But they loved us, and they believed that uh, if they understood uh, love and, and appreciate it, we will live in turn with love and want to live for them and, and, and represent their truth in this controversy between good and evil. There was a, a war in heaven. Uh, the dragon, the devil, was cast out. He was cast out to this earth. Uh, God could not stamp him out, the devil. We, we think, well, why did he let all this happen to us? You know, well, uh, if God had stamped out all the evil, boom, every being in the universe would serve God from fear. Yep, exactly. They would be afraid yep. of God, uh, and that they might get stamped out if they didn't toe the line. God had to reveal his principles of love and uh, and we we in worship the word worship is worship. We give him his worth Amen. because we do love him. He was wise. He was good. He he is he himself has borne the cost of this more than anyone. Mm-hmm. A, a parent suffers as much uh, in the death of a child as a di- oh, as a child dies if yeah. uh, dying of cancer or something like that. So uh, I I see this as uh, as huge for God. And uh, we owe them everything, and, and I want to live for them through the time ahead. And, and there's high reward if we do, you know, mm-hmm. as, as opposed to, uh, um, you know, it, it, the more we give, the more we get back, basically. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, 
if we take that, because you, you went to the book of Revelation, so let's talk about where John saw in Revelation chapter 1, verse 13, one who looked like the Son of Man. What else did you see in this verse that relates to what we've been sharing today? Well, thank you so much. Uh, I think people today gloss over, they, they, they just, in a gaze, they, they, they don't really read what it says, but it says that one uh, like the Son of Man gird about the paps with a golden girdle. And I searched the concordance for paps, the Greek word is mastos, and it means female breast. Well, it's telling you that she is one like the Son of Man, and she is walking among the candlesticks, which are the churches. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the first, uh, ch- there are chapters two and three, at the end of each message to each church, it says that he that has an ear, hear what the Spirit says Amen. to the church. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So we need to uh, understand that, and we get to the end, the last church, Laodicea, uh, when I think it's important to understand this, uh, and again, it's a bad translation because uh, the translations say to the angel of the church, to the angel of the church, blah blah blah. It's not. It's not the angels that the spirit was speaking to. Angels are messengers, and it should say to the messenger of the church, which is the preacher or the pastors, you know, because uh, in in Laodicea uh, Revelation three seventeen it says you are blind and naked. Well, angels are not blind and naked, but pastors uh, might not see something. And, and <laughs> as far as w- being dressed in truth, girding your loins with truth, they, they, they may not have it when they uh, talk about a quick snatch to heaven and this and that. Yeah. They want to make it sound good so that everybody wants to hear good things. But I'm saying uh, it, it's not quite that way, and I believe uh, we will need uh, to make a covenant with God and uh, in order to be married. And, and if we're faithful like jo- Jacob was, Jacob was betrothed for seven years. And uh, I believe if we are faithful in that time, we can eat cake in heaven later and be there for their wedding. Amen. The, the, uh, Christ yeah. and his, his, his bride. So I believe that's what, what it's about in, in Revelation. In fact, um, before I uh, quit, uh, Revelation 22, the last chapter, verse 17, mm-hmm. says, uh, 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 the Spirit and the bride say, come. Yeah. Now, my point is that I took an upper division course that was only really for theological students who were going to be pastors, but I, I took it in college, the Bible college, and uh, the the um, fellow who taught had a Ph.D. from Oxford University, so he, he knew what he was talking about. And the Greek language uh, has a, 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 it is called an apexegetical chi. You can, you can Google it uh, if you spell it with e, E-P-E-X-E-G. Some epexegetical chi, and the chi is a Greek word, K-A-I, K-A-I. It's a conjunction, and it's like it. But the the translators put and the spirit and bride, yeah. but that sounds like two different people. Yeah. The real meaning of the epexegetical chi is that is to say. So the spirit, that is to say, the bride mm, says, "Come." Amen. Okay. The Spirit Amen. is the bride, and she will regain her heavenly form as uh, girt about the paps. And, 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 and she assumed the Spirit—Christ assumed the form of a man to communicate with us. She assumed the form of a spirit, uh, you know, uh, so she could be everywhere for us. 
but I believe in the end uh, that we they will be king and queen, and we can be there. Uh, when you hear the spot, the Hallelujah chorus, King of Kings, mm-hmm. Lord of Lords, mm-hmm. I believe we can be kings in a sense for those that really get it right at the end. Uh, there is a high value, high reward. He says he will make us ruler over all that he has. Mm-hmm. In other words, we, we can be like Joseph in Egypt. Jo- Joseph took care of Potiphar's house, and uh, Potiphar didn't have to worry about his stuff. Everything was taken care of. Amen. And I believe we might be able to do something like that in heaven. You know, mm-hmm. uh, for for the universe and traveling, it says that the 144,000 uh, follow him wherever oh, yeah. he goes. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we can be part of his entourage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would like to do that rather than just uh, sit on a cloud or we'll guard my uh, fig, fig tree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the country we might have that too. I don't know, but anyway, it will be good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that, and that's my my take on. Uh, uh, wedding parables and our need to understand them better, and we can talk about that another time, basically. Yeah. But that's uh, a okay. quick look. Yeah, amen. So let me just summarize where we're at. The Godhead okay. is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I, I believe every Christian believer can agree on that. And God the Father is in heaven, has always been in heaven. But when mankind fell, God the Son, Jesus, and his sister, who's called Wisdom, agreed to come down to redeem mankind. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So, and, oh, mm-hmm. I, I, I got to tell you uh, part of this that we've missed. Okay, it's important. Uh, <clears throat> Jerusalem above is the mother of us all, and uh, this might be debatable. Is is that really a person or not? You know, uh, I'm saying that uh, cities are named for people, and mm-hmm. and if if Christ is a begotten Son, uh, you know, everywhere else in the Bible, so and so begot so and so. It means they they procreated and had a child. Uh, but uh, how, what about Jerusalem? Jerusalem in Isaiah 37, and this is the middle book in the Bible for people that don't know where Isaiah is. It's just open your Bible, you'll probably hit Isaiah, 37th chapter. The setting is that Sennacherib, an Assyrian mm-hmm. uh, general, came from Assyria, made mincemeat of everybody else, was banging on the door of Jerusalem and saying, uh, open, surrender, or I'm going to make you really pay for your, uh, your unwillingness to surrender. Mm-hmm. And the king, uh, Hezekiah, was really afraid. He was in sackcloth and ashes in the temple. And he sends Eliakim uh, to the prophet Isaiah to find out, is there any hope for us? And the answer comes back in Isaiah uh, 50. I'm going to turn to it myself, okay, and read it to you so you're not, no, I'm, I'm not making it up. Hold on. Um, 22nd verse, it says, uh, this is the word of the Lord uh, that he spoke concerning the daughter of Jerusalem, uh, who has who has despised you and uh, shaken your head at you, speaking of Sennacherib, whom you have blasphemed. Okay, in other words, Sennacherib, or his general, blasphemed God. But it, it refers to her as daughter of Zion, daughter of Jerusalem. Okay, well, we just said Jerusalem above is mother of us all, and here's, here's someone who is blasphemed. This is the daughter who was, mm. uh, you know, Christ's sister, yeah. who was blasphemed uh, as she was looking out for, for the city of God's people, basically. And that night, 185,000 Assyrians were dead outside the gates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she was God, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so this is proof to me that, you know, Jerusalem above is, is to be reckoned with, and, and, and she has a daughter and a son, and the, the Tetragrammaton, if you Google that, uh, it's Tetra, meaning four, Grammaton, four letters of God's name. I think they're the initials of the Godhead. 
Father, mother, son, and daughter. Mm. The yod represents a, a hand in giving, receiving, ownership. Okay, the hay is uh, uh, means a light or a window or rain, something like that, uh, and and that's we need we need light and uh, as a window, and then the the vav is is shaped like a concrete nail and it means hook or balance beam, and everything balances on life on our relationship to Christ, and uh, I believe that's that's the symbol for him, and then another hay, well, a light or window daughter, you know, type of thing. Amen. So to me, I, I believe that's, that just adds another, a little uh, interesting understanding, and we can talk about name later, but that's uh, um, just a perspective that, uh, and I don't know <laughs> where we're at in this, but uh, <laughs> no I, I, I just believe that oh, overall, uh, big stuff is coming soon, and oh, I, I guess I should tell you this. Um, to me, um, er, let, let me back up and say this, that, that God declares the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. And a proof of this to me, as much as any verse in the Bible, is Isaiah 45. This is uh, uh, just a, a few verses earlier than or what we talked about, Isaiah 37. But Isaiah 45, God named Cyrus a hundred years before he was even born. Yeah. Mm-hmm and yep. told how Cyrus would conquer Babylon when two leave gates or river gates were left open. Cyrus diverted the Euphrates River and marched his army in. When the gates were left open, he had no obstacles to march in uh, at night and conquer the city without a loss of life. And to me, uh, when Cyrus saw this, he was so impressed with the God of Israel, who named him and told how he was going to do it, yeah. mm-hmm. before, uh, that he uh, freed Israel from captivity and even helped uh, pay their way back to their homeland. Amen. Yeah. And Amen. If, if, if the Muslims today would understand their ancestor Cyrus better, uh, they, they might be less eager to drive Israel into the sea, because they're going to have trouble if they try to do that. But they will. They will. Right. That's Amen. religious hatred. And... Yeah. Uh, Basically, uh, uh, to me, I just wanted to say that th- this is prophecy. Yeah. And uh, when Christ was asked about the other world, he said to understand the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, uh, he um, uh, he sees um, Daniel's seventh chapter, four beasts that represent Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. Yeah. And out of Rome grows a little horn which changes times and laws and persecutes the saints and does bad stuff. Early Protestant uh, reformers all believed that this little horn was the papacy that uh, changed the calendar, you know, Gregorian calendar, changed the laws from Sabbath to Sunday, and so on, et cetera. And I believe that that, uh, they changed, that that, that you have a papal trinity. They say that the trinity is the foundation of all their doctrine. Well, uh, in Revelation 17:5, it says she's the mother of abomination. So a lot of what they teach is not true, and uh, I, you know we all agree on Christ being good. And there are there are some very fine Catholic Christians. I'm not I'm not bashing Catholics per se. And God uh, says in times of ignorance, He winks at, and He's been doing a lot of winking for all of us. We all have things to learn. But as a as an organization, the papacy is is intent on world domination. Yeah and is trying to restore it uh, oh, yeah. through a, a one-world government, uh, UN, New World Order, etc. 
and I, it's going to be big trouble. It, uh, the prophecy is that they're going to compel false worship. You can't buy or sell without it and so on. So I believe that uh, we need to understand where uh, the forces politically in this country. I think Trump was trying to make America great, and uh, I, I, I believe that uh, um, New World Order is not yeah. how we get great with yeah. the U.N. Amen. Yep. Amen. Amen. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great, informative interview with Dr. Richard Ruling as we discuss how the Bible actually describes the Holy Spirit as the feminine form of God. <laughs> Praise God. What Dr. Ruling has shared with us is from his book uh, called The Greatest Story Never Told, Bad Translation and Papal Teaching. You can get that book on Amazon. But what he shared with just blows the traditional inter interpretations out of the water. It's eye-opening. And believe me, folks, it will open up so much of the Bible and give you a clear, accurate understanding of some things that, well, we just gotten wrong over the years. Amen? Drop down the show notes, order your copy of his book, The Greatest Story Never Told, today. But be sure to come back for the conclusion of this interview and the very next episode. Till then, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.